five, four, three, two, fun. And welcome to the Ready Set Tone podcast, your premier source for everything that has to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans offseason. I know everyone is excited for the second Overwatch uh, 2 season, and we are too. I'm pretty sure, Jordan, you've started playing already. Maybe not. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. Today, I'll be your host, Alex, at Omnistripe, and with me, of course, already spoiled it. <laughs> For that, we have Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. We're here to cover a jam-packed two weeks of news. That's right. If you hadn't listened to our episodes from two weeks ago, you might have missed it. But we're going uh, into an off-season mode, which means every other week we release an episode. And in that time, we, we, we got plenty of news, don't you say, Jordan? Oh, yeah. Lots of, lots of good stuff happening. All of them good or? Well, uh, maybe not necessarily, right? <laughs> but lots lots of news happening. Let's go with that. Yeah, that's pretty much true. All right, let's just get to the payload and uh, talk a little bit about Vancouver and Toronto. Not a lot of news on that front, but then on the in the fray, we'll talk more about movement and, and signings, re-signings, uh, releases, and, and all that uh, nice funky stuff. So let's just get to the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. All right, last episode, we did discuss uh, and speculate how Vancouver released their entire roster, really, uh, outside of of, um, Aspire. And we all uh, assumed, now we know that it was a correct assumption, that Aspire is probably the one that they're going to keep. So uh, eventually, the official blue and green graphic came out. Uh, Not everyone were sure because there were rumblings about you know, American Tornado uh, wanting to, you know, group up and play together maybe on a team, which Aspire was briefly a part of. But luckily for Vancouver Titans fans, Aspire was uh, officially revealed to be kept on the roster. And um, going with that, um, there was also a signing of a head coach. So Baroy, who previously was on... Boston uh, uh, Uprising also brought some uh, coaching from that squad with with Askoff. So let let's start with Aspire first. What do you think on that re-signing? Good move, bad move? Uh, eh, move? I mean, I think it's a good move for the most part. Um, I think the the biggest question that is yet to be answered is what are they going to put around Aspire? Um, you know, right. it would it would be pretty disappointing if they kept a player like Aspire and they don't build a roster that can hold up around him. Um, we've, we've seen what he can do. We've seen how impressive he is and how skilled he is. And I think by all means, you put a player like that surrounded by, you know, equally good parts on every other role or, or almost as skilled parts on other roles. And you probably see a pretty high performing team. So if, you know, if they can't fill their other slots, if they can't attract some, decent uh talent then i feel as though aspire will be doomed to uh to place mid or lower again so i'm just very hopeful for the rest of the team to to uh compete at the same level he can yeah i completely agree with you like aspire is that one guy that you just want to clone and then put two aspires three aspires on your team and maybe that's what is going to make it better he can play a lot of characters pretty Mm -hmm. well i think when the stats lab came out um, you know, besides the, the Kais and the Kepsters and the Propers, especially around the hero like Sojourn, we saw Aspire. And it, it definitely felt that way whenever Vancouver, especially in their good period in the latter half of the season, any fight was winnable because you just, you know, charge up that railgun and boom, get a pig, boom, get another. Mm-hmm. He's one of those players that he's great on a bad team, right? Yeah. <laughs> he becomes even greater on, on a good team. I think totally. Um, I'm hopeful um, that with Baroy and, and now we'll talk a little bit about that second piece of news with maybe some infusion of talent uh, around Aspire can definitely elevate not only Aspire, but the Vancouver Titans and, and definitely uh, he needs some help. Of course, every, 
Evergrey DPS player needs some help. And and as he covers such a wide pool of characters, all you need to find is that you know a complementary uh, uh, player. And we saw even with Vancouver when when the meta was hitting right, when King felt comfortable on the Genji and, and characters like that. If you get a good projectile um, next to Aspire, I think I think good things are coming. We'll also see in a patch notes, and I, and I know it's still very early to discuss um, what would be meta in Season uh, 6. It's kind of ridiculous, but <laughs> it's safe to say that someone is like Tracer, for example, is always in and out of, of the meta, and then, <laughs> then Sojourn is also pretty dominant in that regard. Aspire can do things on many characters is what I'm trying to get to, so you, you want to keep him. Um, yeah, I, he played well in Toronto as well. A lot of people joke yeah. about the fact that like he couldn't speak with the rest of the squad, but he was you know dominating and almost carrying some some uh, uh, some fights. So I'm I'm happy to see him agreeing to resign. I mean, you know, the, the market is open, and then a lot of players just want to test out the, the field. Maybe in this uh, upcoming season, where you know not not getting paid is is or, or paid well is, is definitely not a guarantee anymore. Maybe um, Vancouver offered a nice deal for Aspire and was happy to stay. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> speculating here, yeah. of course. But Baroy definitely with his with, within a short time uh, for Vancouver d- uh, saw that Aspire is a good piece to keep. I'm sure a lot of other squads would have liked to have him uh, um, go at him. Um, on the roster, and and from that, um, talking a little bit about Askoff, if I recall correctly, um, when because I'm not uh, a Boston Uprising, uh, sorry, the Weekly Uprising uh, podcast, you guys are great friends of our show, but <clears throat> I remember there was like a big drama there with with a coach uh, going away, and finally Punk got some uh, play time, and um, that's. Was that was Askoff, right? Who who led that squad after the whole uh, falling off? I don't remember who that uh, um, coach was who got on on Punk's dad's <laughs> nerves all the time. But I, I think like he was able to utilize that squad pretty well and and, and you know squeeze some of the positive juices from from that team uh, towards the end of the season. And then Baroy, he's no fool. It's not just about bringing your friends from the previous team. You're judged by the results of your team. So I'm sure he knows that Askoff is a good uh, head coach to lead Vancouver. So now with a head coach and and um, the signing of Aspire, there is a semblance of direction for the team, don't you think? At least <laughs> compared to a lot of other teams. I know there's one team in particular that was already knee-deep into uh, free agency and doing pretty well. We'll talk about that a little bit later. About Vancouver, though, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Um I, I hope you're right. <laughs> um, I I don't recall who uh, you know. I, I know I remember the drama with Boston and how uh, there were a lot of questions around the roster they were running um, when they had someone like Punk on the bench, um, someone who I think a lot of a lot of people uh, see as a tank that can certainly be a uh, you know first string tank. Um, and he was benched for much of the season. And then, yeah, there was some changes in in the leadership. And suddenly we saw him coming back in. And suddenly we saw Boston having a lot more success. Um, you know, they, I mean, they still overall finished, what, third from the bottom, fourth from the bottom, something around there, pretty low. Um, oh, I think it was Laurie, by the way. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Some uh, Wikipedia while you were talking. I, I was... Yeah. Go ahead. I, I wouldn't say they were a world beater, <laughs> necessarily. I agree. No, um, but I mean, ultimately, I'm I'm hopeful that, uh, in large part, the relationship that that Baroy seems to have with Askoft, I'm hopeful that that uh, you know lends itself well to building a roster, building a team, um, and you know, using their connections to attract some talent. Because I think that's you know that's one thing that I had talked about with. Um, with Dipe when, when he came to Vancouver and when we all thought he was going to be the, uh, you know, steering the ship, um, along with Baroy is I, I really suspected that, you know, Dipe has not only been brought in as a, as a name, uh, to say, Hey, we're serious, but also as a name to attract talent. Um, and I, I kind of get the feeling that, I mean, keeping Baroy around is, is still a part of that. 
Um, I don't think he has necessarily the cachet that Depe did, or or maybe just the public persona, but he is well known as as one of the you know great sort of analyst minds behind behind the organizations. Um, so Askoff coming with him, you know, uh, someone that he'd worked with previously, doesn't surprise me. Um, but I, I'm hopeful that that relationship really lends itself to building a a solid roster. You know, I'd I'd really like to have Vancouver be a team this year or this this upcoming season that we can uh, cheer for throughout the season and not just cheer for getting their first couple of wins kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm hopeful that it gets better. I'm, I'm not, like, holding my breath for them winning the league. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime soon. But even, like, I think I listened to Tactical Crouch. Um, they were very tight-lipped about um, what Vancouver is doing, but mm. it seemed like they were... Not, you know, um, shy about thinking of if, if the Vancouver does build the team mm-hmm. that it sounds like they're trying to build, they're going to be like a sort of a, you know, top seven, top six, maybe in an A, something like a London was. And, you know, by by any means, if, if that's where Vancouver is going after the, the horrible what, three seasons now mm-hmm. <laughs> that they've had, scraping the bottom of the barrel all the time, um, especially going into such a tumultuous season and, and the situation why not bring it on yeah totally <clears throat> okay on to toronto um if i could w- what sound does a tumbleweed make i don't know <laughs> i yeah, imagine a, I, a big tumbleweed going i think it's just that uh and, that western tune yeah that, not a lot of news coming uh <laughs> well i guess in the world of overwatch it's like you'd say it's high noon and then you um see the tumbleweed uh, right. but not a lot of, of news coming from toronto of course there are rumors galore but nothing nothing that's even close to being substantial even uh, uh as far as rumors go <clears throat> there are some um, new content on the twitter that was shared uh for kind of uh you know bittersweet videos of of the team of the squad discussing how you know that the last tournament went and how how they'll miss each other it's kind of sad in a way but you know you you try to look at the positive things and i think at the end of the day a while uh, you know the goals weren't met for the for the players uh, in toronto i'm sure they had higher aspirations um it seems like it was a squad that was you know good friends towards one another and we we all know that toronto is a it's a good organization. There have always been a friend of the show, a class act all around. So um, that's just me blabbering on because there's literally no news <laughs> coming from Toronto Defiant. Sorry about that. But there is news on some of their other uh, uh, teams. And we'll talk about that in the fray. In the last episode, we spoke about how everyone is a free agent. Uh, I'd say it's fair to say that mostly everyone is kind of still a a free agent. But there's one team, the ATL Atlanta Rain. These guys were busy. I think when we recorded uh, two weeks ago... We just had one piece of news from that squad, and that was um, how Gator was <clears throat> resigned, but as a head coach. And and by no means that was like you know a cool cool bit of news. We we like to see uh, players who you know played for a while for a team and had some sort of success finding themselves in a in a managerial or or, or a coach's role. We saw like a, a players succeed at that and that's great we saw toby we saw jake go down that road and we thought okay yeah atlanta they're gonna be good they're gonna be a decent team now with gator at the helm i don't think anybody expected what came after hmm. the first bit of news was probably the first big shocker that set the tone where they just release kai that's right and kai is kind of 
I think it's a fair comparison. Kai's like an an aspire. If you if you upscale everything that everything around him. was <laughs> to what like Atlanta is, yeah, he's your star DPS, right? He's the one who get that dub, and he's the one who who carry. Yeah. And while uh, Atlanta was, you know, always hovering around that contender level, maybe they not they, they didn't make it to the grand finals. They still had the makings and, and some really good talent on there with Kai at the top, probably. Um, a very coveted talent. Outside of, of I don't know, Kevster, there's not many other uh, um, um, talented Western DPS that I can put the label a star or maybe a, a franchise uh, uh, player onto as easily as I would on Kai. And he was gone. Like, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts when that news uh, came through? Yeah, I mean, everything you said is is totally right. I think uh, on on any team would be happy to have Kai uh, join their DPS line. Um, you know, honestly, you you could see him fitting into a uh, gladiators without Kevster. You could see him fitting into a um, maybe not so much, but a, um, a San Francisco Shock uh, team minus proper obviously and you know maybe back when they were a little bit more mixed than it seems like they are probably going um he has that carry potential he has that pop-off potential he is one of those players that you know you you give him almost any meta and he has a hero that will be dominant in that pool um you give him the right meta and he's going to be one of the top three in limbs top three in final blows top three in whatever stat you want to pull um he's just yeah. that good a lot of the time especially when it comes to the uh the western side of things right yeah i remember uh watching uh early season atlanta and seeing what potential uh damage can a good soldier do on your squad that's right um he was really like one of the first ones i think uh hydron was another one yeah kind of fell off a little bit but kai was always in that Top tier echelon of of the hit scans and the rumors started coming out when when people were freaking out and thinking, hey, what you're gonna replace Kai with? And then there were some teases uh, that were said that they're gonna upgrade. <laughs> That's when the league started, uh, you know, kind of uh, sweating, I, I guess. Um, that signing came through uh, a little bit after. Actually, before that, <coughs> they added Stalker from um, the Soul Dynasty. And Stalker, if you if you haven't watched a lot of of, of uh, Soul Do- Dynasty, he was the big uh, story piece mm-hmm. on that squad. And, and a little reminder that that team has a little player uh, goes by the name of uh, Prophet. Mm-hmm. So when you come in as as a new player <coughs> and you're you, you're that good. And we're talking about a flex DPS here that plays your your Genjis, your Faras, your your you know uh, what else Echo, and you do that much damage, uh, and you have so much promise. Adding that to your squad is is pretty nice. And then they also brought in Lip. Mm-hmm. That was like the big mic mic uh, drop uh, moment. Lip MVP caliber uh, caliber player, uh, another guy who who came onto the scene with a bang and made us. Uh, say wait who's that guy next to him looks pretty washed oh yeah that that guy was an mvp a season ago uh in fleta mm-hmm. and lip was that guy and and that's definitely an upgrade over kai i'm not sure if there's uh, many other uh, um hit scans in the league that that would qualify to what that guy can do yeah um and and already at that point you're like holy these guys are building like a freaking super team here mm-hmm. um and then, then they go and, and re-sign Hawk. And that's an, I wouldn't say a bad signing, but maybe not what you expected. And then they also re-signed Vigilante, who was already on that squad. Mm-hmm. A, a very good flex support, of course. Um, and finally, again, you, you need to bolster your, your Korean uh, coaching staff, I guess. And, and Wizard Young, <laughs> the, the self-proclaimed genius uh, from Season 1 NYXL. Who's, he's been in the league for a while, but that's mm-hmm. just the most memorable quote from him there, I recall. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what do you think? Like, um, Definitely seems like a team that demands respect, even on paper, even with 
what they have what, uh, four players on the squad now, so we don't really know um, what are they lacking. Another support at this point. There's plenty of, of good talent on the main support squad, or maybe you bring in another flex. What are your thoughts on, on the rain so far? Yeah, I mean, obviously, shocking moves all around. Um, from Stalker all the way through Wizard Hyung, it was just just abs I, I will not even lie and say when i saw these posts break on uh, on twitter the official atlanta rain account tweeting this out i thought i was being baited i thought that uh it was one of those one of those fake accounts that someone makes has two followers and just makes it look exactly like the official account and tweets out something completely outlandish because i mean i think of atlanta and i think completely of completely atlantish <laughs> <laughs> good one, good one. <laughs> um I look at Atlanta or I have always have always looked at them in the past and they've always been sort of this. And I mean, this is just kind of the persona that I think they put on. They've always been this sort of frat boy ish, uh, you know, all American kind of vibe, you know, they, that's a part of why I haven't really liked them in the past is because, you know, with, with players like baby Bay back in the day, um, and the friend exactly. And Hawk and Gator, you know, all these guys that I just kind of look at and I, I go, I, I don't think I'd be friends with them in person. And Hey, I don't know them personally. I'm not, I'm not casting judgment here. It's just, that's kind of the, the vibe that I've always felt they give off. And then you see them announcing, I mean, three, three Korean players along with wizard Hyung, who, uh, was with New York for looks like, uh, four or five seasons. Oh no, three seasons, maybe just the one anyways. Uh, and then moved on to Seoul, and it's just kind of like, what, whose direction was this? Right. I'm, I'm not sure who owns the Atlanta rain. Um, but it really does strike me as a little bit strange how they move Gator into head coach. They keep Hawk on the tank line. But then seemingly everything else on the team is is going this this Korean slant, yeah. which I'm not against mixed rosters by any means. I think we have obviously seen a lot of high-performing teams with mixed rosters. But the caliber of player that we are seeing in Stalker and Lip um, being brought over is absolutely shocking. Um, you know, obviously, like you say, the the Hawk being signed to the main tank role, main tank to the tank role is a little bit of an eyebrow raiser. Um, you know, it begs the question of communication, and especially on your tank where you want the tank role to probably be your main shot caller. Um, you know, the one controlling the tempo, the one controlling uh, the the play, and everything like that. But overall, I mean there's no denying the the impact that Hawk has had on the team. And then there's no denying uh, the impact that Stalker and Lip have had on their teams as well. So bringing them all together, Atlanta, I mean, could be very dangerous, right? I've, I've never rated them low. You know, last season when we did our power rankings, I think I had them top five. Does that sound right? Something like that. Um, uh, definitely in the top 10 for sure. Yeah. yeah, they just, they've always looked, oh, okay, I had them top seven, but... Um, I mean, that was before Chengdu fell apart and a few other things. So anyways, point is I'm, I'm scared for them. Like they, they look like a force to be reckoned with, uh, and more so than they ever have before. I think in past years, I always kind of thought that, you know, their rosters look good and we know that they perform well together. So they'll probably be top 10, maybe cracking that top seven, top five range. But this one looks like something else entirely. This looks like, you know, I mean, just on paper, looking at these players, this could be a top five team for sure. Um, who knows who else they put on support, but at this point they've got one more role to fill and they have their minimum five, right? Um, I think it's minimum six, the, the five required for whatever the first roster building so date is on, on, on the server for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so anyways, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe like if they threw a twilight at this, I would, I would just, I would just die <laughs> because, yeah, you know, I, I'm not too familiar with Vigilante's uh, hero pool, but let's just, for argument's sake, say that Twilight compliments him. Holy cow. That's, I'm going to be cheering for Atlanta if that's the case, right? Like, yeah, Twilight or is um, Violet still ooh. the shock? It's not really clear what's going on there. I don't think they've announced anything. I don't know. Yeah, Shocker being pretty quiet. That's true. It is true they are yeah um 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure they're keeping proper though. <laughs> no, no, proper to uh, yeah, proper to and, Vancouver. And, and uh, <laughs> those are major signups for sure. And the way maybe the timing that's pretty early and bold, and and we know they're like paying these players, right? These are no cheap signings by any means, and it seems like Atlanta at least is not going to go down the budget route. It's always good, good to see the more teams go down that road uh, is great. <laughs> In a way, it almost reminded me, at least of the beginning, of how the Toronto Defined began uh, the past offseason by signing Twilight yeah. and then Chorong, and then everybody was like, oh, ears got perked up in the league, and, and, and this looks uh, um, pretty interesting, but then I kind of... Uh, you know, petered out. Lost team in a way when everybody else started signing players and, and they lost. I think Yaki was on, on the target. Here, though, you get the two DPS and, and we did see plenty of times I don't need to, to even uh, defend this point anymore that DPS definitely is, is the heart and soul of your, of your team in Overwatch 2 than it ever was the case in Overwatch 1. And, and by signing these two, player, two players, Kind Stalker... <laughs> I don't. I don't care who you put next to them. It's already a good start. Yeah, yeah. Already a good start, for sure. So yeah, let's just wait and see. Uh, whenever the time comes, we're going to talk a little bit about the delays that we're facing here with the the the, the official start of of uh, free agency. But a lot of teams are making moves. Not all of them are 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 great. And of course, the team that's kind of positioned at the middle of, of all this uh, turmoil that we discussed uh, in the last episode with Netties, the Shanghai Dragons. Um, there were a couple of names still up in the air that we thought, everyone thought, they're going to keep. Uh, but finally, the news came in that um, Izayaki got released, and, and well, that's another good dub. Void. Another legendary player who I think goes uh, on to uh, serve in the military. So I'm not really sure yeah. if that was tied to the entire uh, fiasco of the Shanghai or NetEase. But also Moon is now uh, released from the team and Kong, uh, I believe, was assistant coach. So that team is entirely dissolved and gone. There's nobody who was on the Shanghai Dragon who's still there. Uh, we don't know anything. Um, that's That's how it is right now yeah another team that came out with news over the last couple of weeks are paris or i should uh state hmm. the last vegas eternal and they signed uh empress as a head coach a very interesting signing uh as it's a very uh momentous moment for the overwatch league where for the first time we get a female head coach uh empress if you Look at her. Uh, if you've never heard her name before, uh, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Look her up in uh, the Liquipedia page. Uh, that coach, she's been at it for a long, long time. She's been coaching in two uh, regions of contenders and with a lot of success. And it seems like from comments from uh, players or other coaches or GMs who, who worked with her, they just swore by her and... and She's great, and, and I'm really happy for this signing. Uh, it did get a lot of positive attention, some some negative attention I saw. Uh, there was a little bit of contro- well, a lot of controversy where uh, the previously um, released coach in Foster, <laughs> he just like replied to that with an unfortunate LOL. Um, justifiably so, everybody kind of took a big uh, uh, dump on him uh, <laughs> without the context. He then followed up. I'll give him that. If you yes. did read his apology, I, did um, I was like coming in skeptical into it, but it's a good read. Yeah. Um, he basically says I was down bad because I got let go. So <laughs> yeah, he had some previous history and of course he definitely, uh, you know, re- rescinded and clarified how important it is to, to, uh, you know, pr- proceed and and promote and ally with the the female player base in overwatch which is so uh underrepresented um in the top tier of of overwatch league so um yeah that's a a great great uh, um sign of the culture that they're trying to build in the las vegas eternal um and and it's cool they've been you know, showing some weird cryptic tweets with with uh (laughs) maybe potential signings it's not really uh, um, clear <laughs> what they're hinting at, but it seems like they're doing some work, and um, I'm curious to see 
what else uh sprouts from that side of the las vegas eternal that's so weird to say now but i'm trying to get used to it <laughs> um your thoughts on this um i i don't have too much to say that you haven't already um one thing that i found kind of interesting uh was that they haven't actually rebranded their twitter yet uh it is still right. paris eternal it is still at paris eternal but if you look at you know certain things um they're kind of starting to phase it out so their banner on twitter just says eternal um with the with yeah. las vegas they've kind of made this whole you know plane t- plane ticket style looking thing and all of that just says las vegas um yeah. I think that at this point, it's just no secret. Oh, no, I, I'm not so saying. They're not trying to hide, but they're probably working on a big you yeah. know, package of, of like a big video, logo reveal and all that. Yeah. You know, yeah. sparkling no, uh, uh, um, PR thing. Uh, I'm certainly not saying that. Doing the nice graphics and shiny graphics for that. Yeah. I'm, Who knows? I'm certainly not saying that they're, they're, you know, not, they haven't confirmed it. I'm pretty sure they confirmed it as soon as it was leaked because they were like, well... I guess it's time. Um, I just find it interesting that you know they're they're kind of phasing things out there. I'm still debating: mm-hmm. do I do I order a uh, Paris Eternal jersey just to have one because you won't be able to get them anymore once <laughs> oh, <laughs> once yeah. they're the Vegas Eternal. But anyways, yeah, I, I saw a thread that someone tried to order a, a jersey. I think a Dallas Fuel jersey or something like that. Oh, yeah, and he had difficulties as it might be a different. Um, oh, a provider or something? Producer for the for the jerseys, it might be changing it. Mm. Up. It's all speculation, of course. But gotcha. Uh, if you want to get jerseys, maybe now. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Or it's too late. Okay, another team that uh, did a big release is uh, the Soul Dynasty. They have officially uh, said goodbye to their franchise player of, of the last few years in profit, mm-hmm. and then they also announced that they re-signed MMA as one of their uh, coaching staff. Another team, and this was uh, also a big surprise and a shocking one at that, the Houston Outlaws released their uh, EPS slash tank slash mascot slash face of the franchise (laughs) in (laughs) Dante, yeah. So, yeah, no one is safe, apparently. Hmm. Um, Even a player like Dante, um, who's been, you know, front and center of of that organization, it seems like Houston... And when they are no strangers to um, turmoil and, and budgetary issues, I think they had a, a few um, ownership changes or something like that. I don't recall. It was like two years ago, I, I want to say. I'm not sure. Anyways, it looks like if we look at the future, season six, they're definitely trying to recalculate their approach. And letting go of Dante, who's been nothing but you know a positive uh, part of their franchise, both in performance and and just like general appeal as, as a franchise, uh, that's definitely something that a big is a big sign of that. Kind of like what Seoul did with releasing Profit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but Houston is obviously not an APAC team, and and yet still it seems like they're uh, going uh, towards different sides so another great uh, uh name on the free agency plate i'm sure a lot of player uh, a lot of teams would love to have a dante who can you know flex to <laughs> basically any any role and, and dominate i mean the guy actually diffed on tank many times last season on on, on winston and you know it's 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 fine when you're you bring in a new uh, character like Junker Queen, and you're like, yeah, yeah, he's a DPS. He can pick up on the character a lot. But then when he walks over tanks who's been who've been playing, you know, <laughs> uh, Winston for the last five or six years, and suddenly he's diffing them. You you can see that we're, we're dealing here with a very special uh, uh, talent. <laughs> so kind of odd, even even pending uh, that he's not wearing the green uh, jersey. We'll see where he lands. I'm sure he'll find a spot. And finally, on that note of the Overwatch League free agency, last episode, we discussed the reveal from uh, Sean Miller, how it was delayed to December 2nd. 
However, <coughs> December 1st comes around and Sean Miller comes out with another tweet and uh, essentially announcing another delay. Uh, let me just find that little tweet. Uh, he writes, it's a one out of two. I'll just uh, read out the first part. As we continue to work through the details and structure of the 2023 season, we will be pushing the free agency window to December 23rd and the five-player minimum deadline to um, Mar- uh, Sorry, that's March 13th. Our priority continues to be our teams and players and to maintain the highest amount of competitive integrity. Um, I get it. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of punches that are... Ha- are hitting the Overwatch League. Uh, a lot of people did uh, come out and say, in, in the most simplified way, I'll, I'll rephrase it as how how are we hearing about this only now, only a day before supposedly free agency starts? And what what a lot of people have brought up is the fact that these players who were supposed to like be signing contracts, and I'm sure like GMs are already working hard on on, on verbalizing the contracts, maybe <clears throat> writing up drafts. Another month goes by, and these players uh, are not employed. That's one. Can practice. That's two. Uh, at least legally, because you know it's work when you're a pro player, and you, you can't ask from a player to, to do the, his job for free. It's, it's actually illegal. It's not just a matter of goodwill. And all the million other <laughs> different problems that might arise from that. Um, of course, with the delay of, of the deadlines for the five players, we can also assume that it'll be a delay for the whole league starting uh, when we thought it, it would. Um, I'm sure Sean Miller, he, he's, uh, he's doing his best. He's been <laughs> handed lots of, of different challenges all the time. And maybe there was something or, or a hope that this would get resolved until the last minute. Maybe that's kind of why it came out as late as it did. But right now, um, this is the case. Um, Overwatch League, free agency, been delayed, which means that by the time we record again, we still will be <laughs> a, a few days before uh, it officially kicks off in into gear. What are your thoughts on this? It's, uh, I mean... It's it's obviously a tough situation for everyone involved, uh, for all the organizations, all the uh, you know general managers, coaches, uh, players that it affects, um, the league itself, and everything. I know I saw you know sort of sort of the two main things that I saw just because they're both you know uh, uh, I guess organization members that I follow. Um, I actually saw Adam Adamu uh, at Grayson on Twitter. I saw his tweet first, where he basically said you know uh, sort of. We understand the league is in a tough position and, uh, you know, as an organization, you know, as the Overwatch League, as an organization, we have to uh, trust that they're doing everything they can and and they're acting in our best interest, uh, trying to, you know, build the best league we can possibly have. And I kind of saw that and was a little bit surprised uh, because I actually wasn't aware that it had been announced that it was delayed yet. Then I started looking into it, found the delay and everything like that. And then I saw, um, I think it was Pre's tweets, uh, Pre formerly with the Washington Justice, now with, who is Pre with now? I forget who he's moved to just recently. Boston, maybe? I think he's with Boston now. Um, And he was kind of uh, the exact opposite of that. He was basically saying, I can't believe that this is happening. You know, this is the worst possible thing they could do to us. You know, the fact that there's the league itself is suggesting that this is, com- uh, you know, in an effort to maintain competitive integrity and things like that. And then they, uh, you know, notify us the night before we're supposed to close these deals and everything um, is absolutely, you know, in not exactly in his words, paraphrasing, but he said it was basically bull crap. Um, and I really found that kind of interesting because, Although I can understand the frustrations that he has, um, and he's essentially he is, you know, standing up for his players and his organization as they try to secure deals and, uh, you know, make sure that they have built a competitive roster. Um, I, in my opinion, you, you would expect the people at the very top, like, like Pre, like Adam, 
to maintain a certain level of professionalism. Yeah, you can voice that you're unhappy, but ultimately you also have to understand that, you know, the league was probably trying to do everything in their power to stop this from happening. Um, now, the other side of that is Pre also suggested that there was little to no communication about it with the owners um, and, you know, the the organizations. And I think that's probably the area where, yeah, you know what, they probably should have been communicating with the teams and organizations and saying, look, right now we're doing everything we can. Blizzard, Activision Blizzard is doing everything they can. Um, and maybe just, you know, give them some form of a hint that, you know, things may drag out. We may be pushing the date back and we may not know until very shortly before the deadline, which is exactly what happened. Right. Um, I think it, you know, the outrage and everything is understandable, but I don't necessarily think it's, it's justified to be outraged because, think about all that goes on between these mega corporations in Activision Blizzard and NetEase. It's not like the either side wanted this to happen. It's not like either side wanted, um, you know, to, to affect all the organizations, you know, the Overwatch League and every other Activision no Blizzard game. losing millions and millions of dollars. Exactly. But the fact is, one party obviously thought they weren't getting a good enough deal and they were willing to put their foot down because of that, right? And that's why the, the deal, whatever happened, happened, right? It, it was dissolved. So I'm just, you know, I, I lean on the side of, um, you know, you you have to understand how much work and effort from every side of things is probably going into trying to rectify this. And you have to understand that the league is only a small player in that. And they probably didn't want any of this to happen either. It's not good for it to happen to the league. It's in fact a bad thing. So to, to be outraged with them for, you know, not making something change i think is is a little bit ridiculous yeah there was probably you know we're not we're on the outside here we're not a part of the organizations yeah there was probably uh communication avenues that could have been pursued to make sure organizations were more prepared or were at least somewhat in the loop um but ultimately you know there's just so many moving parts and i can only imagine how much work and effort is going into something like this so it's unfortunate but what can you do? You roll with the punches. And if, you know, there's one thing that the Overwatch League has shown us, it's over the years, uh, they have rolled with the punches. So lots of punches at that. Yes. Uh, like a, lots of those Ramatra punches. Across. Oh yeah. We're going <laughs> to get right there. This is actually a very good segue. Uh, <laughs> so let's stop discussing doom and gloom. Uh, every season we have something different. Um, Back to the game itself that we all love and play right today. Actually, for, for our listeners, that's yesterday, but right now we're recording on December 6th. The big Season 2 patch rolled out. With that, we saw the release of Ramatra, and we did get uh, some snippets. Um, we saw the great reveal of the character and his uh, abilities and whatnot. I, I find it surreal, right? It feels like from the draught that we got used mm-hmm. to and accustomed to in Overwatch 1, Overwatch 2, to me, feels like it just came out and we got um, already Sojourn and then we got Junker Queen and then we got uh, Kiriko. It's absolutely bonkers to me that it, we're getting content uh, um, so often. <laughs> and it, it, it's almost, uh, uh, you know... Well, I already said like it's surreal to me. It's like, yeah, is this really happening? Are we getting all this stuff? Another map. We're going to talk about this uh, as well. So with that patch, um, Ramatra, uh, I, I, have you played him a little bit so far? I haven't gotten a chance to boot up Overwatch. It's a busy day for me, unfortunately. Maybe a little bit later. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm. I'm in the same boat. I haven't. Uh, I haven't played. It's actually funny. Um, I finished the battle pass, you know, however, a couple weeks back or whatever. Um, and I kind of looked at those, those bonus titles that were there. Um, mm-hmm. and just, I, knowing that I also had God of War on the shelf, I said to myself, you know what? I think I'm going to shoot for, uh, a couple of these titles, but I do want to start God of War. So I did start God of War. So I haven't been playing a lot at all. I think I got 
the second title. Um, I forget what level that would be either 95 or 105. I can't quite remember. I think after 80, you get one at 85 and then one at 95. So once I hit that 95, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll play a little bit here and there, but I'm not, you know, pushing to get anything in particular. Yeah. yeah myself as well. When I, once I completed that battle pass, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll bounce in yeah. here and there, but exactly. So I have not yet played, uh, on the Ramatra patch. Um, although I'm excited to see some of the uh, you know, slight buffs that, uh, that have come out. Um, right. and I'm, I'm also excited to see, you know, new rewards on the battle pass, uh, new skins and everything like that. Some of them that I've seen, you know, on Twitter are absolutely crazy. Um, I think they've, they, they continue to, you know, one up themselves at every turn here. Um, there, yeah. the, the latest one I saw was an Orisa skin, something like Cloud Sheep or something like that. And holy cow, if you oh, ha- haven't if you one. haven't seen that skin, go look it up. Um, you know, you can check I've Overwatch seen Cavalry the ones that are on stuff. the Battle Pass, but not the, the Orisa. The, yeah, I saw the Hanzo one looks very really good. The Ramatra, um, the Poseidon one. The Poseidon one looks amazing. Crazy. Like, I, I'm blown away by the quality they're putting into these. Um, a little underwhelmed with right. the... the uh, mythic skin but but you know i'm i'm sure it's still cool um but yeah overall i'm i'm excited to get back in uh give ramatra a Wait, try what skin uh the the mythic uh the mythic yeah. yeah yeah i think like it's hard to follow up on that amazing genji skin the genji one was um, a banger like for them to open with that i mean genji who's oh, they a, knew they knew exactly what they were doing totally <laughs> totally um and and yeah the the only thing i'm a little undecided on is if I want to buy the premium battle pass this season. Because currently I have, you know, I, I bought the Watchpoint pack. So I have 2,000 plus credits. So I can buy two more uh, battle passes without, uh, you know, without spending any money. And I'm just a little bit like, I almost wish they would tell us who the Mythic skin was going to be for, uh, you know, for, for upcoming seasons. Because I really want to make sure that, you know, I, I get it for some of my favorite characters, right? If they did a Junkrat one, I'd be all about that. Um, even though I don't really play Junkrat anymore, I just love him as a character. If they did a Winston one, oh, yeah. baby, I'd be so in. Um, you know, Anna is obviously going to be a huge one. Um, so anyways, Ryan Junker Queen. Yeah, 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 Ryan will so be really possible. cool. But Junker Queen is just Tracer. not really a character that I that I care too much about. And I mean, she's new, so, you know, I, I get it. I think but, she's a little bit too fresh. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Um but but the design is still great. Um, but I just don't know mm-hmm. if I want to pony up and spend my credits on uh, yeah. on this battle. What pass, I liked so. about her, I, li- I liked about her skin that uh, she has the knife and the axe, and you can customize that. True, it's a lot of uh, cool things. True, true. Um, but yeah, I- I'm excited to play. I did see some Ramatra gameplay on mm-hmm. uh, stream. Guy looks pretty interesting. I, I can't even like necessarily define him what he is he reminds me a little bit of of sigma actually how he plays yeah i could see that for sure one shield he can poke a lot he has this uh interesting uh, main weapon where he throws these uh uh nano nanites Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the distance and 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 that's pretty cool but when he goes nemesis that's that's when the interesting stuff happens Mm -hmm. he can shield a lot he's like a big tank who can Maybe the most tanky character I've seen in terms of how he at least behaves visually and stylistically. Yeah, literally goes in, blocks his face. It's it's pretty cool. And then his uh, his uh, ult is really interesting and in how he pushes characters down. In the right hands, he might be very very interesting. He's a little bit slow in his movement, but um, with the right support, you know, we got like Kiriko, we got uh, uh, Lucio right now. It can be quite a menace. Mm-hmm. With him out though. We also saw a bunch of adjustments and buffs. Uh, the first buff I saw, I'm not going to go into all the notes in here. There's lots of notes, but Doomf has got a big buff. Uh, he wasn't in the correct place in, in terms of the development staff uh, in the in the thick of things, <laughs> whether it was low rank or not. Uh, they gave him a, a, a big bit of a bust, a bit a bit of a buff to all of his uh, abilities, mainly his his punch. Mm-hmm. He's still not that same brawler who just got, uh, come in, kill everyone, and go out. Is still more of a tanky player, but but mm-hmm. some some buffs, I, I can understand why why it's it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Junker Queen got a little bit of an, of an adjustment. Now she's no meta anymore like she used to be. Mm-hmm. 
but they do want to uh, focus more on her self-survivability and maybe make the effect on the entire team a little bit uh, less powerful than it was before. So her rampage got nerfed a little bit, the, the, the duration reduced, but the cost also reduced. Uh, so I wouldn't say she got buffed or nerfed, somewhat of an adjustment. Uh, Bastion is the next one on the patch notes. He definitely got a a, a buff, direct buff to his uh, configuration artillery. That's <laughs> basically his ult. It used to be pretty easy for you to to bail out and not get hit by the ult unless you were like in a very bad spot. Yeah. His timings, like delay before projectile drops, reduced from one to zero point six seconds. That's quick. Explosion and damage did get reduced, but. The minimum delay before placing shots reduced by 20%. So now when you hear those sirens or air horns, <laughs> that means you, you got you to gotta go. If, <laughs> if you're not ready, um, you're going to get hit, and those hit hard. And he also isn't harmed by his uh, uh, own ult, which was the case before. I didn't even know that. I guess I didn't play enough about that. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that. And either. he also can go to his different mode uh, much quicker, the cooldown in his reconfigure is reduced from 12 to 10 seconds. Sojourn is also in an interesting spot. A lot of people consider Sojourn to be very strong. Apparently from the patch notes or from the discussion that was going on on Twitter, she's really strong on high levels, but not as much on low levels. And, and me, I, I did play her on, on the low levels. I, I had to climb from uh, bronze to gold in DPS, and I played mainly Sojourn and Genji. And I think Sojourn was very strong. Uh, regardless of what rank you were in. If you could hit those rail shots, you were climbing. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they did. They nerfed her railgun. You no longer can just one-shot squishies from across the map. There's a bit much more of a drop-off and uh, a little bit less damage uh, multiplier if you hit a headshot. So it's no longer a one-hit kill all the time. Um, So unless you're pocketed by Mercy and, and then you can still be a menace, that's a little bit nerfed. But on the other hand, uh, they did buff her regular shots. So the primary damage per bullet, projectile, whatever you want to call it, from 9 to 10, which is a lot because if you recall, she's her rate of fire is pretty fast. <laughs> so if you're hitting like a big target, you can ramp up that uh, railgun really, really quickly. And also, uh, when you do overclock, remember there's this period of time where you charge your rate of fire. It also got... Uh, um, the rate of charge got increased by 20%. So sort of an adjustment. Uh, we also saw a buff for Tracer. Damage increased from 5 to 6. Sounds like not a lot, but that's actually 20%. And each one of those uh, little pellets from Tracer hurts a lot. She's going to be a menace again. So I feel sorry for you if you're a support player. <laughs> She's going to be up in your back lines again. Um, who else did we get? Oh, Anna. A huge buff um, mm-hmm. from the cooldown for sleep reduced from 15 to 14 seconds. It was actually someone's job to come to this, uh, <laughs> to do this adjustment. <laughs> it's uh, ridiculous. Kiriko is kind of a, an odd case. Um, yeah, I'd almost say Kiriko got... is more of a more of a tweak than a, a buff or yeah, a nerf. Her alt, alt maybe got nerfed a little bit. <clears throat> no longer like multiplies uh the, the the speed of of your cooldowns by three it's only by two uh they did buffer kunai so if you could hit those it's easier now and lastly battle mercies everywhere rejoice uh <laughs> you can pull out your pistol way quicker and you have way more ammo and don't forget to smack whoever you kill with the pistol on the head because i think that's uh Kind of a given, right? When you kill someone with a mercy, you gotta you know smack him with a gun. Few things, uh, a little bit. Few things are as satisfying as being a mercy, and then oh, getting yeah. your ult, popping it, and just bursting through a Reinhardt shield at your front line and just annihilating people. I like smack. it is, it is a lot of fun when suddenly. It, when you are the mercy and you just burst through and nobody hits you and you're like, "Haha, watch me now!" and you are the tank. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see yeah. that one. Uh, you skipped over one of the, the best buffs though, or at least one of the buffs that, uh, we're probably going to see get a ton of playtime in my ranks, uh, in Symmetra. Sim, maybe? Yeah. Oh yeah. I missed that. <laughs> Sorry. She, uh, 
she's got her beam charge rate and decay rate increased, primary fire consumption rate uh, increased. So, you know, that's a little bit here and there. And then... But then, the big yeah, one... Primary fire gains you ammo. You gain ammo from damaging barriers. Like you She is... You could just... She's going to be crazy, and I... Start melting. I see her getting played quite a bit in uh, in my low ranks, so... Yeah, a very oppressive character when your team is all over the place, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, map pools. Boo, nobody likes that. I... <laughs> Why are they doing this? I know. Why? They have, they have so many good maps. Just let us play them, you know? <sighs> Blizzard World is getting an overcast mm-hmm. weather. And also, that's always annoying to me. I feel like <laughs> 90% of, of the maps are now, like, orange there's either a sunrise or a sunset I'm, I'm getting tired of this i'm getting tired blizzard listen i'm getting tired of playing king's row when it's sunset or Elios when it's a sunrise give me back the colors of the map true when you look at the concept art for these maps you see orange everywhere there's a reason behind the color palette that the artist shows i know like if you play a game like GTA or The Witcher 3, it's very cool to see a day life cycle, <laughs> a day day night cycle, and it's very dynamic, very cool. Overwatch is not the place. You know, for that. if they gave us a day night cycle on maps, that would be cool. But just yeah. tinting it orange, <laughs> maybe yeah, keep so it much. random. Yeah, at least keep it. Random. Yeah, yeah, just give us any variety of it. Or I would love to see. Um, I don't know how they would do it, but. Maybe when you're in the, well, no, spawn room would be too late. I'd love to see a map voting mechanic, you know, like they do in Call of Duty lobbies where, you know, you can mm. press X for this map, press circle for this map, and it sure. would give it to you. Or, you know, maybe give us that, but in the uh, in terms of the daytime. Do you want Dorado evening or Dorado daytime? That kind of thing. That'd, that'd be cool. But then it, but then every, like, second game will be on. <laughs> you don't have to give us the whole pool. Just, you know... <laughs> Pick a few for yeah, just, us. Just Give us two choices. The pool is King's Row. That's exactly. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? A bunch of bug fixes. Um, There's new map though. Yeah. Shambali Monastery. That looks really cool. I'm really happy that they have another payload map mm-hmm. escort. But there's something weird about this map. Is there? I don't know if it's just me, but to me, it looks like Nepal <laughs> 2.0. I mean. It just screams Nepal to me. And like I'm I'm okay with that. Like fine. I like Nepal. I like <laughs> the whole Zenyatta lore thing. But man, that the map really does look like Nepal. Like really looks like Nepal. I could see that. And I've I've seen some of the screenshot comparisons of, you know, certain assets. Um the the big mm. face of the temple kind of thing. It does look quite a bit like they basically just kind of copy pasted yeah. it. So, and I'm sure, you know, in some instances they did, but Hey, if the rest of the map is yeah. cool, then why not? And that's exactly what my point is with with the daylight, uh, with the day and, and night thing. Just I want variety. Yeah. When when they came out with these maps, some were <coughs> supposed to look more white and blue, like mm-hmm. Helios. Mm-hmm. They weren't meant to be orange. Or, <laughs> um, King uh, King's Row with that gorgeous teal uh, coloring to it. Mm-hmm. When you look at you know the the original reveal or like Hanamura, they they had those particular colors in mind. It's a very uh, important uh, part of design. And that's kind of lost with this mechanic. Mm -hmm. Like, I I see why they did it, but like the execution of it, limiting it to to like this particular tone for a while, it's like kind of weird to me. Like, I'm basing this on nothing, but to me it looks (laughs) like, oh, let's just Put a different filter on this map so it doesn't feel like Overwatch One. Yeah, it feels new now. Yeah, I could see that. But obviously, that might not be it. I don't know, <laughs> but definitely feels uh, uh, weird for some of the maps for sure. Yeah. On that note, I think we are done. We are at the end of the show. Um, lots of news, and maybe not as much in the upcoming days. Of course, we're all waiting to see what comes uh hopefully some good news for overwatch league we, we can use some of those uh, we'll talk about it all in the show that will air on december 21st it's been a pleasure i was your host at omnistrive jordan's at sir dr jm was here beside me and this was episode 
181 of RSP. Uh, next time, we'll hopefully have Chris here and uh, we'll complete this trifecta. Give us a follow at Ready Set Pwn. Give us a share, a like, a review. We'll take it all. Jordan, any words of wisdom? Um, I should have prepared something that Ramatra says, but let me let me think of something that sounds like he would say. It sounds like he he strikes me as the type who would say something like, um, "Let's go with like a, a no, no, I don't like that. Uh, something like it ends here." I think he does say something like that. I don't know what he said. Everything I heard him say sounds so badass. Yes, agreed. Both like the voice actor yeah. and the effects they put on him are so badass. He's a cool character. I think I brought it up last time. It sounds like badass Ultron type vibes yeah, from totally. him. He's like amazing. I got no strings. Like, reverberating. And he's menacing, right? <laughs> yeah. He's menacing to hear. Absolutely. So that's amazing. All his voice lines, especially when you play him, you feel like such a badass. I can't wait to jump in mm-hmm. and play a little bit. He looks um, fun. For me, it's December. So to all people out there who are struggling with gift shopping for the loved ones, uh, just get him a broken drum. You just can't beat it. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. You can't, you, uh, listeners, you can't see me, but I'm just shaking my head. Yeah, well, it's almost audible. Almost. Catchphrase! Thank you.